Hey everybody, this is Steve from G.I. Joburg to let you know that this is not an official episode of the podcast. This is actually just bonus material. Ever wondered what happens when a G.I. Joe podcast doesn't get released? Or where we're all kind of waiting on one member who never shows up? Well, this is exactly what happened one fine, fine evening. We decided to release it anyway because, hey, what the hell, man? <laughs> anyway, I hope it finds its mark. I hope you enjoy uh, the candor of our chats. It doesn't have any of the polish, but yeah, man, if you love us, you might just love it. I thought you were handling your world, Curtis. I am. I am kind of. I mean, momentarily. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me see if I can find my headphones real quick. Right on, right on. Are you guys recording right now? I, uh, well, <laughs> technically yes, but, uh, in practicality, no. I mean, like, I've just called you up now. I've called up everyone now, but you're the only one available. <sighs> Here I am. How are you doing, man? Yeah, fine, man. I'm on the eve of heading to, uh, the heart of Red China. Tomorrow we leave for Beijing, baby. Hmm. Hmm. What's uh what's the sentiment about that? The next chapter, the next leg. Look, I'm I'm just hoping that the hotel and most importantly the internet is better than it has been in the last two legs. Cause we've been in buttfuck nowhere and unable to really connect. I've been trying to um trying to upload like three videos and nothing Nothing worked. Well, apparently you better label those videos correctly. <laughs> it's getting interesting, man. One, I mean, did you see JoeFan82? No, I didn't. He's quit the game completely. Very interesting watching a bunch of, like, very somber YouTube videos emerge. Well, I mean, I, I do, you know, I, I usually do try and play it a couple months ahead of time. I mean, I, I'm not saying I love WeedTube, but it's something that emerged uh, from YouTubers that were getting, you know, uh, censored, essentially. Anyway, that's I'll, I'll probably bring that up uh, if we do chat it up. I think it's important to give some kind of gauge on what G.I. Joburg's stance is on it. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's a... Yeah, I agree. I do think, though, that there's been some overreaction. Go. Oh, hello, Paul. Welcome, my hello, boy. Hello, guys. Right. <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, what's Sorry, up, Paul? I was... Hey, hey, Cooge. What's up, man? Did you handle your Walden, man? Well, I could I could dip out. You know, I, I have somebody coming to look at... Uh, I don't want to get into, the, you know, house shit. Yeah, okay, no, that's stuff. cool. If it's, yeah, yeah. If it's house, I understand. Unfortunately, I've been a homeowner before, and I have to do some, uh, I have to do some home repair. Like we have, uh, we have to update our bathroom. So, oh wow! Somebody who knows about that plumbing and stuff like that will probably. Uh, oh. Yeah. Shit. Good. Good times. Good times. But n- nothing real, real tragic. <laughs> nothing real tragic. Hectic. Do you think um, our, our Robert of Lemma will be joining us this evening? He said he would, but <laughs> you know, he's probably sleeping, as is his wont on his days off. Sleeping until yeah. there's some reason to not be sleeping. Like the podcast. Well, yeah. Hmm. Do you, should we have like a, 
uh, like a abbreviated chat about the updates, and then maybe we can talk about definitive mainframe. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Definitive mainframe, huh? <laughs> How do you decide what computer to use, what platform to use? Yeah. Uh, is, is mainframe a Mac or a PC guy? That's a good question. <laughs> He's yeah, neither. I mean, what is it... he? He's a, like a... What did they call him back then? Electric typewriter kind of guy. Or back in the day, uh, like a word processor kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Weren't there some cooler names for those giant clunky, you know, you pull them out of a suitcase, basically. It is the suitcase. Just kind of like... Yeah. Actually, that's a, that's a very good thing. I wonder what we called those. Because I know that the old school term for hacker was tweaker. Maybe we could do a definitive action figure that you were disappointed with when you unwrapped it. Can be Star Wars, can be G.I. Joe. Hmm. Well, I, I know who I would pick. Wrecking my brain as <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, there's some characters, they just... I mean, there's a, there's a reason they're peg warmers, I guess. I don't know, that's not very interesting, but... No, it's not that it's not interesting. I'm just also trying to think. Oh, yeah, I've got like, one. I've got one, but it's not a good one. I just, it was probably my biggest disappointment and, like, my biggest case of buyer's remorse. <laughs> oh. Ooh, okay, well, that actually sounds good. Like, let's talk about your biggest case of buyer's remorse. Maybe that's... It's easier. not exactly a cheery topic. No, it's not, but uh, just, um, it could be, you know, we always have a way of making it funny, you know, so I think people, and people can relate to that. It's it's an emotional thing. People will re will relate emotionally to it, which I think is a good thing. You know, we we all have that that one toy. Yeah, but specifically when it comes to Joe. Well, okay, it it yeah, I suppose. Yeah, with Joe, I know that I I also like to be positive on the show and not like sort of bemoan anything, unless it's like. No, no, it would be more of a comedic, be more comedic, I think. Yes and no. Actually, I think I think um, when it comes to bias remorse, the remorse part does play a factor. So you can do a light-hearted one, sure. But yeah. there's got to be one that like actually tears your heart out, and you're like, God, life would have been so much easier if I hadn't. Why, Lobot? Why? You son of a bitch. <laughs> Stay on that pig. Yeah, dude. Oh, I was in Hong that. Kong, and all I found were like, like <laughs> ice cream Tupperwares of like Lobots and Ewoks. Only vintage figures. Only vintage Star Wars wow. figures I found. I think there's one Chewbacca. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Lobots and Ewoks. Jeez, hairy man of the West is not popular and uh, is is a slightly more popular than little hairy man of the West in Hong Kong uh, in China. It seems. Mm. <laughs> Careful what I you thought... say, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, things are looking bleak. Things have changed big time since I was there. But I can get into oh, yeah? that when we're on record. Okay, so it seems like we're gonna have quite the chat this evening. Wow, um, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I know I'm always excited. I'm excitable. It's okay. Should we give Rob a no. cutoff before we like start without him? Yeah, let's give him let's give him fifteen more minutes. And uh, have you did you just drop a message? Sorry, my phone's on silent, so No. <clears throat> okay. I saw 
Yeah, Ryan is thanking you on Facebook, Cooge, for the awesome black book. Oh, nice. Very cool. And Cooge has probably had to step away from, like, the mic right now for when you said that. I'm back. Uh, what, what did I miss? Uh, Ryan Sweeney, four <laughs> minutes, five minutes ago, says, Oh, boy, can't wait to dig into this awesome book. Thank you, Cujo. He's got a picture of the black book on his table. Oh, nice. is that on Facebook or? Facebook, yeah. Mmm. Mmm. That's send me cool. a screen cap for that. Sending. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I see, Kujo, you get quite a bit of love on the old Facebook. Or oh, in my case, it was on Instagram when uh, Toys of Our Lives uh, <laughs> called you the Red Man to GI Joe Boog's Wu Tang Clan. Damn, what a. Yeah. What a compliment. I'm going to speak on that on the air. But, uh, so no, which one I, of I us is RZA then? Like, cause, you know, I'm, question. A, I'm, I'm like this big Wu-Tang ca- uh, Clan fan. <laughs> no, not really. No, we'll we'll yeah. figure you out. You've got to be Method Man. Um, Ooh, I can I can right. that. <laughs> Does that make me Killer B? That's a good question. Maybe you're the ninja guy, the guy that plays... Uh, the Softmaster or whatever. Do, 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 oh, yeah. Master? Um, do, do, do. Uh, oh, what's the name of uh, RZA. RZA. It's like yeah. RZA. 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 I'm going caffeine free on this one if we do record. Nice. Sure. Mm. I'm going beer heavy on this one. You notice I nice. said caffeine free, not cannabis free. Oh. Is it zero Dude, o'clock in China? There is no cannabis-free version of Cujo. That doesn't <laughs> exist. What is that? Yeah, that it's no, a lie. I, I would say that this is more of a when in Rome. I think when I leave Long Beach, I won't be a I won't be a smoker, or at least to this degree. <clears throat> are you? Are, are there such plans for you in your future? To leave Long yeah, Beach? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what world I'm looking at, but yeah, no, I. I I definitely want to get out of the state. Both me and my lady do. At some oh, point. wow. Oh, okay. Is it that crazy? No, I don't, I don't think it's... Uh, I think it's just I've just been here for a while. And, like, I'm sure, like, you, like, uh, Johannesburg or Cape Town, you learn so much about life, but at some point, like, it just... There's always something happening. You kind of want a different pace. I can't speak for Cape Town. I can speak for Joburg, and I can agree with you there, definitely. I've even been looking at job offers for Cape Town, for companies in Cape Town lately, so. By the way, the thing I was going to mention is, no, if the Black Book even does any kind of sales, it's built to go viral. Like, nearly everybody that touches it will probably go online about it. Well, I love that. I love that so far everybody who has touched it has done exactly that. We'll, we'll no. see. I mean, I have schemes, but hopefully it'll be one of the more notorious publications by the time we're done. I sense plans within plans. Sorry, Dune reference. <laughs> plans within Always, plans. brother. Always. Fuck, I can't wait for that series. Anyway. Roberto, let me see if I can hit up the poor man. And How's the road treating you, Stephen? Are you, uh, you're not with your lady anymore, or you are with her? No, she had to go back to Oz shortly after, or shortly before I left Hong Kong, in fact. So it's been two weeks without her now, but uh, four weeks and we'll be reunited in Shanghai. It's a crazy life. That's a hell of a city to be reunited in. 
Yeah. Well, if Sorry. I... Uh... You're hearing me actually phone Rob on speakerphone because I don't want to take my headphones off. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> I do see crazy videos, but most, some of them are chilly, you know? So I don't, I don't think China has a monopoly on chaos right now. Yeah, it's chilly because the PRC's People's Army is uh, very efficient at putting it down. Well, did... Did you see, uh, did you see people are using, uh, lasers now? Like, to, like, you know how, like, they have, like, snipers and overwatch when there's a riot and stuff? Mm -hmm. People will be spotting those people with laser pointers and they can't do anything. Spotting uh, the snipers? Pretty... Or spotting for the snipers? No, like, people in the crowd are just pointing lasers at all, like, the enlightened position. So basically, like, anybody on a fence or something can't see shit. It's, mm. I just saw a video of it recently, and I was like, oh, shit, the proletariat's back. <laughs> It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Well, it was inevitable, I'm afraid. Like, the situation we're seeing unfolding, like, how long could Hong Kong possibly stay independent or, or semi-independent? I feel like this has happened before in history. I mean, of isn't course. this exactly what happened in World War Two? More or less. No, Hong Kong. Uh, no, I think the biggest yeah. correlation is um, the Soviet Union. Like you said, the, an October Guard are part of this. Oh <laughs> well, <laughs> the 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 Red Guard. What would you call them? The Ch Chinese Chinese Dawn. Look, I mean, the only reason Hong Kong was allowed to remain separate and distinct for so long, I reckon, was because the Chinese didn't have confidence in the strength of their own economy now their economy is a world beater they don't need hong kong as the kind of the the golden egg in the um the basket anymore they can wholesale push hong kong into you know just being another territory of china and not really lose anything because right now like mm. the unrest is actually making you know souring big businesses relations with hong kong it's no longer as attractive to do business there. You know, there are, they, there are huge tax incentives or tax avoidances that you get for, for, for working and, and living and doing business in Hong Kong. And that's all kind of going down the tube because of the situation. And the situation will not end. Mm. It won't until, mm. until it ends. <laughs> and the only logical end is Big Brother comes in and says, Guess what? You don't have it. You don't. You don't have a choice anymore. Tiananmen Square guys, the whole place. You know, yeah. it's done. Well, we haven't seen that in the social media age. I mean, they can block signal, but let's see what happens. Dude, they absolutely can. It's almost like you're telling me they need a platform. People in China do not have the freedom of of flow of information that we take for granted. Can you elaborate? Well, it's become farcical for me to find ways of fooling the system. I'm onto my third or fourth VPN, and this one's only been working for like a week and a half. And if this one becomes blocked, I don't know what I'll do because I can no longer download them on my laptop because my laptop, I can't access Google on my laptop or Facebook or YouTube or the internet basically. How I'm able to communicate on Skype, Lord only knows. But the same strictures are starting to appear on my mobile as well. People in China 
do not have the same level of access to information that the rest of the world takes for granted. Are you mm. feeling that psychologically? I feel it in a level of frustration. I think I mentioned at the top of this chat that I have at least three YouTube videos edited, finalized, up, you know, ready to roll, ready to upload, and I can't. Yeah. You know, the channel has stagnated. I imagine people think it's got to do with copper. It does not. It's just because yeah. I can't upload a damn thing. Might be a nice segue. No, I suppose it is worth mentioning what's happening with that. So, yeah, that's... I can't listen to any podcasts. Except for this one that I found, which is hilarious, but uh, not really, you know, my thing. Your it was favorite. called... Yeah. Well, no, it's it's not really, you know, catering to my interests specifically. I haven't been able to listen to Talking Joe in two weeks. No, I, I stumbled wow. because of our... Um, <laughs> Our new cast member, our new chick playing Miss Honey, West End actress, lovely girl. She put me onto this podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> it's about this guy whose father, guy in his 60s or whatever, for some yeah. reason got it into his head that he wanted to have a late career shift as a erotic novelist. <laughs> <laughs> And it is so bad, it's good. So this guy sits down with his two friends, uh, a, a girl and a gay guy, and he reads this porno, chapter by chapter. <laughs> and each episode is a chapter, and it breaks down to roughly like half an hour chunks, and they kind of stop him when things become like too outrageous, and pass comments, and you know, the chemistry is great, so it's it's very funny. Um, and they've done extremely well, like they they touring America at the moment. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. It's always nice to hear. Yeah, they're into their fifth season. So presumably this guy's had quite a career and, and he's had multiple books because, you know, as once that material runs out, then the podcast can no longer continue, surely. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope that doesn't run out for him. And the guy's That's pen why. name is Rocky Flintstone. <laughs> 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 Wow, that's so close to my porn star name. I know, right? <laughs> it's definitely yeah. one of the podcasts that's been adopted by the more mainstream listeners. Oh, of course, dude. You put sex in your descriptor, you know, it appeals to everyone. And what's also unique is, unlike other podcasts that focus on, you know, intimate matters, these guys aren't a bunch of sex therapists. So they don't... Yeah. mince their words or like soften the blow like if there's something in this novel that strikes them as odd or like weird or Larry. you know like like oh, yeah. not the norm they'll poke fun at it mercilessly so like i imagine like it's it's a great level of the playing field because like everyone's got sexual hang-ups but like if you listen to a bunch of regular schmoes anonymously like laughing about, about these things you know, it's 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 something. It's a voice that you're not likely to hear in the world of of broadcasting, because everyone, when it comes to sex, is so like delicate in the way they dress. I don't know. Welcome to GI Joe Berg 159, or is it 158? <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait until we get to yeah. Wait until we get to like 169. 
then it's going to get fucking interesting. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> We've passed 69 already. What did we talk about? Best asses and best faces. <laughs> do you remember yeah. that? That was a good one. Yeah, I do. That's why, like, that's why I mentioned it. It's like a return to form. You know, have our tastes change. <laughs> I have reached out to Rob, but I can't, I'm not getting any answer, which means his phone's not waking him up. Yeah, bro. He's sleeping like the dead. So. He's here in spirit. I am. Um, I'm still so, of the opinion that, like, it's got to be a full team, guys. Um, so I'm happy to post Okay. Phone. Um, cool. okay, this cool, is, man. This has been, this has been a good, uh, blowing off of steam. The Transformers chat, I'd love to get into the grips with, um, everybody's favorite bot, character, and oh, toy. Yeah. And or toy can be the same, can be different. Okay. And, um, how did you play with your Transformers? Like, that's mm. something that perhaps needs addressing, because G.I. Joe seems like the play pattern was very suggested. Transformers, mm. A little less so. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, that's cool. It's a good call. Good call. I also want to sort of play around with, like, because I had this great epiphany the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably, like, super obvious to you guys when you when you hear it or when I mention it on the show. Um, but it's just, like, I don't know why Hasbro didn't just do this from the first place with the cinematic universe for G.I. Joe. And I actually think, um, had they just gone from the beginning and introduced G.I. Joe and, and Transformers in the same universe, I think they would have been fine. I think that would have made G.I. Joe very credible, because then at least it's, it's G.I. Joe against bad robots, you know, and people who are use, uh, who are in cahoots with bad robots, you know, and then it didn't have to be political or whatever, because that's, that's like the biggest problem with G.I. Joe. That, mm. uh, the diehard GI yeah. Joe fans were would probably be at risk of 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 stepping off. They're like, "Why well, I don't want mm-hmm. these transforming robots in my Joe?" But let me tell yeah. you, if somehow Joe characters became as memorable as the Transformers characters, holy fucking mm. shit, guys! Mm. You mm. you you cannot believe the cultural impact that the Michael Bay Transformers movies have in the Far East. Oh, I can imagine. There are yeah. statues of Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, and Megatron in every shopping mall, just randomly on the streets, in marketplaces. They are like... Save this gold for the record. Fuck, dudes. <laughs> wow. They're everywhere. Hmm. Big, Jesus. commissioned sculptures. Huge. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Hmm. It is kind of Thanks. fascinating. Imagine if G.I. Joe was able to ride on the wave that is Transformers fever here in China. Mind-blowing. Well, do you want to see if you can get Rob up in like an hour or so, like we normally talk? Do you think that's the difference? I'm sure it's quite early in the morning or late at night. Which one is it, Steve? Is it early in the morning for you right now? (laughs) I think it's already Monday for you. It's in the wee hours. Yeah, yeah. I'll be 35 in... uh, Gotcha. In ten and a half hours. No? In, yeah. No, sorry, twenty twenty and a half hours. No, what am I saying? Twenty two and a half 35? hours. Twenty two and a half hours. Yeah, he's gonna be twenty five. Stephen has found the Lazarus pit and is now <laughs> yeah, he is now 35. aging retrogressively. <laughs> oh, I don't think birthdays matter down the stretch, just keep kicking ass, I suppose. Don't worry about the uh, stacking. Well, since, oh, cool. since we're just in the war room, I'm curious, do you have, uh, like, any preliminary thoughts about what COPPA's doing or whatever? Like, does it, 
did I dissuade you or anything like that? Well, here's my um, my biggest point of intrigue with copper. It's enforced by Cobra. the F- FTC. Yeah. Which is a organization based in the United States that has, yeah. you know, perhaps legal standing to prosecute or to sue U.S. citizens. Mm. This board does not exist in South Africa, does not exist in Australia, does not exist in yeah. any territories where G.I. Joburg or its constituent members, I, I speak purely mm. the ones doing work on YouTube, so Kuj, you're exempt from that. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not within their jurisdiction. So immediately yeah. the consequence, which is this $42,000 fine Per video that is miscategorized. <laughs> wow, mm. that is hilarious. Strong arm tactics. That that consequence falls away. The mm. only consequence that our videos have is, I suppose, either being struck outright, in which case we could just mm. re-upload, or mm. some kind of I don't know shutdown of the channel as a consequence. In which case, we migrate onto some other platform. Um, so, the threat is hollow. Also, I don't know, man. The dust hasn't settled at all. People are overreacting and pulling the plug on their channels, and we have no idea what the consequence could be. People are scared, and fear makes them do irrational things like give up and, and, and get upset. And I think that's, that's perhaps a little bit... But too meek for my liking. Yeah. Well, which is quite, which I, what I thought was quite interesting was how Vimeo, uh, the one guy whose chat I was listening to, he said Vimeo hasn't instructed its, um, its participants to do any such thing. Uh, like any of the stuff that, that, uh, YouTube is, is expecting from its, uh, subscribers and providers, whatever. Vimeo hasn't done any of that. Vimeo hasn't said to any of its users, you have to do this, that, and whatever to comply with Copper. Vimeo has just been like, we will deal with it as it develops, and um, and the model that we use protects you from it. So, yeah, there you go. Vimeo, the yeah, Vimeo has been very like nonchalant about it. They're not worried at all. Also, like the Gundam Channel guys, none of the Gundam Channel guys are like losing the shit about it, and their stuff is arguably for children because Gundam is a very much a big thing and it is very much marketed at children as well as adult modelers. So, you know, that that's a very interesting line and the Gundam guys aren't losing their shit at all. And Cooge, when I say this, I say this with all due respect, but it seems like only the fucking Americans are losing their shit about it. <laughs> you know? No, uh, and, yeah. yeah. Are you telling me that we overreact? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they're making I, a lot of drama about it. Like, also, um, I also heard that YouTube did a soft. Um, they they ran the algorithm uh, for like a whole month, for like almost like two months actually. Um, and if you were not like sort of uh, flagged by YouTube by now, then you haven't got anything to worry about with Copper. Um, what's his face? Pixel Dan was just saying he's Ninja Turtles episodes, and he's. Um, like Garbage Gang or whatever the fuck it is, uh, toy line that is very much a kiddies line. 
says those were the videos that were flagged by YouTube, but a lot of his other stuff hasn't been. Um, so he's also not in exactly sure what the criteria is and also thinks that YouTube is actually overreacting as well. YouTube so, doesn't know what the criteria is. It's a, you know, it's, it's a shifting goalpost, for, you know, and they don't have, I don't think, the time or the resources to review on a, on a video by video basis. So they are asking you to be accountable and to do their work and, for them. Yeah, exactly. And to categorize your own video. This one's for kids. This one's not. The only thing that they have going other than that is the algorithm, which I suppose, yeah. you know, looks for keywords or, or what kind of demographics or age ranges are watching this video. Mm. So it's all very robotic. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. You're probably right. I can see some different business models playing out right now as far as that platform goes. But, um, no, I think, let me tell you the chessboard that I'm looking at. So we basically, too. like, right. Uh, but, like, basically, like, some people that were smoking cannabis on YouTube got thrown off, and they created a platform. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I can, I can die on this hill because it's built on free speech. I can re repurpose that. So yeah. like, basically like, uh, in the States, they're passing stuff at like, uh, a legislative level to kind of, they're putting pressure on YouTube to kind of promote authoritarian content. Now, again, this doesn't have anything to do with toys, but it does have to do with like free speech. So yeah. So I, I went to WeTube. I'm kind of yeah. if you guys if you guys want to watch those, they're not bad. Like I'm keeping everything mm -hmm. under five minutes, and I'm going more mm -hmm. narrative based. Like it's you watch every episode le leads to something. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm gonna use that to kind of build up and see if I can maybe get involved at a platform level and start to build the architecture to keep free speech open. You know what I mean? Just in case things go sideways in the next five years or so. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, kind of. Uh, it's uh, what's interesting for me here is that like I'm sort of like on off writing this like kung fu story thing about this like kung fu dude. Anyway, in the story, <laughs> like um, him, him, his village and a whole bunch of surrounding villages uh, sort of get captured and taken to this like sort of uh you know like to it's almost like a concentration camp kind of thing and what happens is is that uh, the you know the army the the enemy army they called the iron throne for now um they surrounded them and they basically say to them okay well you have two choices uh, you can either work for us as laborers those of us those of you who want to work as laborers you may sit down and those of you who wish to join our army can stand and so a whole bunch of them sit down and a whole bunch of them stay standing. And what the army does is they rush in and they kill every one of them that are standing. Um, and that kind of seems like what YouTube's doing. So like as soon as you try to stand up or anything against them, they, you make yourself visible. You make yourself the um, the target. Yeah, because I mean, if you want to be part of the army, it means that you're willing to fight, which makes you a threat to the to their government. So they'd rather kill kill people who have a, you know, who feel that they can fight and whatever. Um, anyway, so, but that's kind of what I, like, what I'm seeing happening now. It's like, it's kind of like everybody's jumping the shark and like, oh, and doing this and doing that because YouTube has scared the shit out of them enough to pacify them to, to sit down, so to well, speak. You, now yeah. that YouTube is, is plateaued as a platform, which I, I think it, I mean, it'll always have its usefulness, but 
people, you know, people aren't happy with it. I think, uh, I mean, you guys, you guys as a, as content creators, you do hold sway, not, not over the platform, but like, Mm -hmm. that is something to think about going forward that I think the next stage will be driven by like the integrity of the networks and stuff. So if if all the toy people move onto a different platform, hell, I'll join Mm -hmm. that platform. I think a lot of people would. Even if it's Zuckerberg's. (laughs) Yeah. I'm yeah. serious, Cooge, like uh, uploading videos onto Facebook might start becoming more and more of a reality. Mm. Because they don't... As annoying as, as Facebook is with it. Yeah, sorry. Is it annoying? Well, it's done but You a can't lot. silence the fucking sound half the time. That's the only problem that's annoying. I don't have a problem with videos being there. It's just more often than not, I'm like on the toilet at two o'clock in the morning. I'm going through my Facebook, and the next thing, fucking, I have to like mute this thing because it's like live footage from like Tomorrowland or some shit. <laughs> and that's the only problem I have with Facebook's platform. Otherwise, I'm like whatever, you know. If the more, I, I guess people are already on, uh, already into Facebook. I know. I, I think that platform's plateaued too. We're we're at the kind of, I think we're at. The, like maybe the third iteration of the social experiment. I'll say at least with Facebook, community comes first and video content comes second. Yes. On YouTube, it's the reverse. It's all about video content first and then very, you know, distant second is community. YouTube's comment section is a debacle. I mean, that thing has never worked. Mm, it can be, you know, it's certainly the higher your view counts go, the more trash <laughs> manage to slip through the doors. Um, but I think the comment section on videos are fantastically discursive at times, or just really mm. good praise. You know, I, mm. I, I value the comments more highly than the views. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube yeah. also does at the moment. I don't know if you know that. No, that makes sense. Ooh, I don't know. Sense. There's no algorithm that that can weed out a positive comment versus a negative one. I don't no, know. No, no, no. For them, it's just volume of comments. It's volume, the fact that yes, people are commenting. Sure. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's volume. It's the fact that people are commenting, which means that there's a conversation that's being had, so that they can still maintain their presence as a social network and not as a media provider. Because I think that's also one of their their struggles. It's good that, well, the, you know, they the might ad be seen revenue as going is based against... on how long you stay on a site. So, like, their goal is yeah. to keep you on the site. Yeah, to keep yeah. you interested, to keep you involved and all that stuff. Um, I think if if this copper thing goes the way it is, and, and you know, we have, we have a similar scare in South Africa at the moment, um, where soon, uh, well, it's being contested now, thank God, but it was... The, the reality of um, our sort of censorship board, can't believe I'm saying that, um, they were going to come in and basically go, okay, well, you know, if, uh, for every video that you upload, you have to basically make sure it gets age-restricted, which means you have to register it with us, which means you have to pay for it to be, to register, you know, to have it age-restricted for starters. If it's not age-restricted, we will just ban you. <laughs> we will just find the shit out of you until you do on, or whatever's. And then also they wanted to create a, a sort of a paid internet in South Africa, like a premium internet in South Africa as well, whereby 
if you pay a certain amount of money um, and subscribe to whatever it is, you know, you know, like, you know, it then you have access to most of the internet. But if you don't, then you have access to a limited internet and like limited speed and all that kind of exactly net neutrality exactly that um so yeah so you know like right now the sort of voice here has with regards to that has been like excuse me they've just had a massive court case in america about net neutrality and now you're trying to pull this shit off here like what do you think south africans are stupid or something <laughs> you know like that's definitely yeah, worth fighting for yeah no dude definitely it's it's very important to fight for that kind of shit but anyway so that that's the kind of like skullduggery that's going on uh, in South Africa now as well. So it seems to be like a thing, you know. And you know, I'm not one to like believe in an Illuminati, but you know, I I like to believe that the world's fucked up because society. But like when shit like that happens and it's so like, you know, similar, it it sort of defies coincidence for me a little bit. It sort of makes it feel like there's some kind of major governing body somewhere. Probably the entertainment industry that's like now gotten powerful enough to no, it's, it's basically just, dictate to people what to do. Dude, it's it's like GI Joe. Get into it's, conspiracy, but yeah, it's GI yeah. Joe. Cobra Commander is the Catholic Church. <laughs> the 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 U.S. is is the uh, what is that? That's Cobra. The citizens are GI Joe. Hollywood yeah. is fucking mind bender. <laughs> Probably. No, I I. Dude, there's two brain trusts in our world, China and what, maybe three, Israel mm. and London. I don't know. Yeah. It seems no, like I that's mean, where most of the influence comes from. I think the Brits have their own problem to worry about right now, my brother. A lot of their brain power is, is being um, diverted into sorting out the mess that they're in. And it just keeps carrying on. Yeah. Well, this, I think, okay, so whoever has the power basically does this. They get in fights with other countries, they build up negative sentiment, and then they create goodwill within the citizens, create a migration, and then those people start fighting, so the, the rich people just stay in power because they keep sending people at each other that don't necessarily like each other or think they don't like each other. Mm. Okay, that maybe that's to be the case. Generals do the, the handshaking and uh, the blue collars do the dying, right? Yeah, do the life taking. <laughs> uh, uh, you said something like was quite horrible in China uh, now recently. I mean, aside from the oh, Hong Kong shitness with the internet, yeah, with Hong Kong. Like, what happened when you left? Like, did something Dude, happen? The, uh, well, I mentioned the you know in the podcast that I gave from mm -hmm. Hong Kong that things mm -hmm. were pretty chill, like everything is very civil. Um, yeah, and maybe it's a case of like. I'm now conditioned by what news is coming out, but it oh, can't wow. be denied that there have been fatalities since I oh, left. There's yeah. been some pretty gnarly videos. So the, the first casualty was a protester who was in a parking structure, sort of a raised parking structure, maybe on the first yeah. or second floor, and he was yeah. being surrounded by riot police and they're kind of backing him up backing him up backing him up and he went sailing yeah. over the edge of the parking structure to his death oh, yeah he fell out um i don't know if this was a fatality but certainly it would have produced some pretty gnarly injuries there was a pro yeah. beijing guy who yeah. was confronted by a whole bunch of um hong kong independence uh yeah. protesters and he was sort of having a powwow, 
about how they need yeah. to stop their shit. And yeah. they threw an accelerant on him. A, um, oh, my fuck. It caused him to combust. Oh, Jesus. So, they, so like, they, they sabotaged him. So. They, they, yeah, he was on fire, man. I don't know if he survived. But uh, yeah. there's been some pretty gnarly shit going down. And the most recent, like yesterday, mm-hmm. in fact. So the whole time I was there, um, any local mm-hmm. who I happened to be hanging out with, would always point out this very impressive looking building, which was, if you can imagine a cube on top of yeah. a pyramid that's inverted. Oh, yes, I think I know what you're talking about. It's an expo center or something there. No, it is a barracks for the people's oh army. And the deal is that Beijing can garrison a fighting force in the middle of Hong Kong Island, but they are not permitted to leave the building. So if you are barracked there, if you're a Chinese soldier on Hong Kong yeah. soil, you've got to stay in this building. You know, that's, that's your duty. That's your job. You are basically barracked in this building. You're not allowed to go onto the streets outside. You just so stay we'll inside this. Cobra bunker next, huh? Bro, oh, those gee, troops are out. They have left. The building. They are on the streets of Hong Kong. I've seen it. I've oh, seen it. Fuck. The People's Army has has invaded. Could you call it an invasion? Is it still China? It probably is. So it's not an invasion, but it's certainly an escalation. Fuck me. That must be crazy. Well, you better shake up Rob by tomorrow, right? Because <laughs> I don't well, know, Stephen. I mean, I don't. I'm, I don't take myself over seriously. I do know that in the age of information, we have all the tools we need. So I mean, I, I I salute you, brother. I've I've I just noticed, or I, I didn't just notice, but I saw that you trademarked uh, GI Joe Burger a while ago, and I was like, mm. I was like, that's a smart business move. You're a smart guy. You got okay. eyeballs. You're new media. That's all. <laughs> when did I do that? Not me. I don't know. Buddy. It says trademarked. It says trademarked on Podbean. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that, bro. Did you? Nobody here did. <laughs> Tell me it was Robert. Oh, wow. All right, well, I take it Bro, back. But you're there is not a, a business-minded member of this podcast, and perhaps that's the joy of it. We are I'm bumbling practicing. along. <laughs> we are creatives, and we have not a yeah. single clue as to what what makes yeah. a buck. Yeah. Cheers. yeah, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So <laughs> as long as we stay poor and hungry and in love with G.I. Joe, our passion will never be crushed. Oh, that's also no, something man, I want to I'm, talk about with Joe Vampire yeah, as well. Thank you for sharing <clears> that <throat> stuff. <clears throat> no, dude, that's so cool. Because I was actually going to uh, express a similar sentiment now with GI with Joe Because uh, doing Joe has been awesome because it's it's helped me realize how much I actually love this brand and and you know it's it's really been fun. You know, and I've it's I've had a lot of fun popping, with those right? Yeah, it's been super hot, man. It's Dude, been you almost than my charted actually. like a hundred likes on one of your things, didn't you? It's up there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. On barbecue, I think it is barbecue or airtight or one of yeah, one of the oh no, Crockmaster, surprisingly. Um, sick. And like I'm doing all the dreadnoks, um, and I've left them all black and white because I want to do them uh, do all of their color together in one shot so that it has like a nice coherence. Um, but like I've done this awesome thrasher, and he's like he's grabbing his nuts. You know, he's got that fucking, 
He's got that lacrosse stick in his hand, and he's just grabbing his nuts, and he's sticking out his tongue, and he looks so Johnny Rotten. He's just like, nah. <laughs> it's so cool. And I got um, what's his face? Uh, Torch. I got Torch sitting in, and he's like, Torch just looks a bit stoned, and he's got that like bl- uh, the the flamethrower in his hands, not holding it by the handle, just holding it, and he's got his like. He, he looks like he had to quickly let go of the gun so he could quickly just pick his nose. And he's got his finger up his fucking snot. It looks so cool. <laughs> so I'm, I'm get those out delighted there. that you are so enthusiastic about work that, you know, you've kind of slaved over. It's wonderful, man. Sometimes, like, when I'm really working on something, like, it does crush the passion a little bit. But, uh, yeah. dude, you sound enthralled by your own work it's lovely oh <laughs> uh, thanks man no i mean like it's just like uh, it's so good for me at the moment it's like been so therapeutic because good tonic fuck man oh dude it's been rough this side it's been so stupid but one of the sad things like kind of this is this really is like shitty and i uh it's like um the dust has just sort of settled on it now a little bit uh but my mom's car was stolen on friday outside mm. greenside bed which is really fucking annoying. And then on top of that, shame. These on Barry Ozzo again. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, what happened is, um, then they phoned me today. Was no, it, it was it was uh three thirty. Yeah. Ah, at broad daylight, man. Yeah. That's pretty mm. brazen. That's a Honda, yeah. 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 Easily stolen, my man. Damn it. Yeah. And then, uh, it's just one of those shit things, you know, but I mean, anything's easily stolen if a fucking criminal wants it. But then, the thing is like, so, my mom gets a phone call today while she's at the shops with my dad, um, you know, from the police, and they said, no, they've recovered her vehicle, and blah, 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 and they tell her this whole thing, and then they're like, okay, well, listen, it's got to be sent up to the one police station up in Joburg, and all this crap. And so, you know, my dad's like listening in and then my mom couldn't hear the person speaking properly. So she moved a little bit away from my father, you know, to try and get better signal in the, in the shop that they were in. They were in Woolworths or something. And then anyway, it ends up that, you know, this guy managed to like get my mom to uh, like send over a thousand bucks, you know, to sort of release the car, you know, like so that they could just put it on. They, so they could, you know, speed it up. You know, that whole South African, you know, you know sort me out, you know, and I'll help you out kind of bullshit. And my so mom the is like, of a grand. That's fucked yeah. too. Yeah. So anyway, so my mom, so like, shame. My mom, my dad, and I, we had this huge uh, conversation uh, about it when my mom got back because I was not happy when I heard this shit at all. And because you know we've still got lots of friends that are in the police force. So you know, my first thing is like, mom, like what you should have, I should have, could have, would have, but you know. She, you acted in, in, emotionally here. You, you should have just dropped the call, phoned Johann Smith, seen what he would have advised. These guys would have definitely tried to call you back, and whatever. So, anyways, so my mom phones because uh, so, they said that they found the car in Kamatipur. So my mom phones that police station, and they have no record of the vehicle being there, no record of the officers that phoned my mother, nothing. And the woman also says you're like the third call today with the same problem. And she says that they've been operating for the last two months and they're trying to clamp down. It's a syndicate. So what they do is they steal your car. Then they go and pretend to be police officers to release your car. And they do a little car. confidence scam. But how oh did my God. she transfer the money? Uh, she used, well, they didn't want an EFT, duh. Of so course. So they did like a, a cell phone, that thing that I did for you. Yes. Yeah, the cash send Yeah, thing. for the Joker movie. And, Fuck oh, me, so man. Cool. 
Yeah, it's so cuck, you know, it's like, what the fuck, you know, and then well, Shane I guess that's your mother's mom. ripe old age, she's still learning a, a thing or two about confidence schemes. Yeah, no, definitely, I mean, we all did, and I just said to my mom, you know, like, I know that you feel shit, and I know that you think it's your fault, but it's not, you know, these guys are criminals, they know what they're doing, they want your shit, if you're not wise to it, or whatever, you're gonna fall for it, and that's it, it's the criminal's fault, they are... They are committing a crime. They they the shitheads, not you, you know. And um, so shame. So now we're down one car. <laughs> so got to figure that out. Uh, and you know, I uh, imagine I imagine it. You know, your father just got it to work right again. I mean, what was it? It was overheating. Yeah. Oh no, it's it, it's been running perfectly. My dad oh, and I drove that thing that to is, and back. Mm. That is frustrating, man. It is so frustrating and. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I just think in universal law, there's been three bad things that have happened now. At least, hopefully, for my mom, it equalizes a little bit, you know. Was it uninsured? It's not. It's not insured. It's, I mean, I paid for that car. I bought that car cash. Um, it's secondhand. It's my mom, mom, my mom bought it from a friend of hers. They never, my parents never took insurance on it. Oh, yeah. That is so. really unfortunate, man. Damn it! Mm. I mean, it's it's not so much the value of the assets, and it's more just the its absence is really going to put a strain on things. Yeah, we're going to feel it, yeah. and also, I mean, it's shit. You know, having something stolen from you is crap, man. It's a shit feeling. And I presume you're not yeah, really yeah. in a position to get another car at this point. No, not at this point. Ooh. At the moment, things are not very good. I, at the moment, I'm very much looking for work i have been putting my portfolio out on linkedin and all those things uh, and it's just a matter of just finding the right fit for me at the moment um it's just a bit it's just a bit of a teething process at the moment but i think everything will work out eventually you know it's just oof. <laughs> at least at least better. i can at, at least i can breathe you know what i mean like at least i can make cool art like neil gaiman says or gaiman it's actually pronounced gaiman neil gaiman says you know, problem in the fa uh, problem at home, make good art. You know, <laughs> cats on fire, make good art. Houses on fire, make good art. Make good art. You know, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just making good art because I know my art can do something. You know, as it is, this November thing has been very good for me, very awesome and exciting, and been meeting a lot of new fans and things like that who have been enjoying the stuff that I've been doing and I've been getting a lot of love. I'm sure you've seen it on, on Twitter as well, Cooch, and like some of the guys, what they've had to say has been really cool. And uh, I've even had... Full Force uh, was like gobbling up your stuff, bro. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, big time. Yeah, Chris is so cool, man. But I think he, he I think he's been like legitimately enjoying them. Oh, fuck, Rob just woke up. Puss. <laughs> is that what he said? No, he just said he hasn't slept Full Force. Oh, okay. So you're paraphrasing, Rob. No problem. <laughs> Oh, God. And then, oh, there's actually been so much cool stuff um, that's been happening. Yeah, there's been so much cool stuff that's actually been happening in, in the toy world at the moment. Just, you know, with that, oh, it's just this, this cool stuff like I'm seeing some interesting toys coming out and some interesting model kits coming out that have like a futuristic um, sort of sci-fi military kind of feel to them. But uh, I... I think the company, I can't remember that. It's like Toy Box or something. I can't remember what they're called now. I can never remember the name of this damn company. But they got, they're going to be doing 1 to 18 scaled uh, mecha, uh, or like powered suits for, for like 
as a toy model slash toy thing. So that's quite cool. Good job. Mm. Well, if they those, if this does, yeah. I think it's already. I was gonna say, if this does turn into some kind of like a gorilla prod podcast or something. Um, no, I, I think uh, I don't know how Jovember got started. I want to say I, I've heard DJ Kaufman speak about <laughs> it a little bit or something in the tweets, but but it is it's it him is and a another cool guy. Thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I raise a glass to those guys. Um, I, for Joe fans, get on get on Instagram, get on Twitter. It's Christmas this month. Uh, people are doing great art. I'm I'm enjoying it. Dustin Cordish. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With these uh, GI Joe dinosaur combinations. Wow, <laughs> I love that so much. Have you got a favorite yet, bro? Ooh, let's, um, save, let's save it for the next podcast. I, I don't yet. I don't want to speak too soon because I'm waiting for him to to do more. I want to see what else he does. But like, he really surprised me. Like, like I've the dinos are seen... one thing, bro. But like, when he does those, you know, the human form. Pieces. Yeah, the, the, mm. absolutely. That Rikondo. If that hasn't encapsulated the essence of Rikondo, I don't know what does. I'd mm. say it's on par with. You know, the card arts. I mean, obviously, the card art is selling the toy, so it's more dynamic. But that moment yeah. that he captured with Rikondo just sort of at rest, but never truly at rest. You know, the guy's he's got that thousand-yard stare, you know? It's fantastic. Mm. Fantastic. The guy's a dab hand. Yeah, man. And, like, I hope... I mean, Dustin, if you're listening to this, I don't know what it is that you do... In your day to day, but I hope that I hope that I, I can. If you if you have never tried it before, then I am sort of insisting that you make those available as prints somewhere, because you'll make. I'm I'm pretty sure you'll make a couple of dollars on the side if you do that. Um, if you've never had the confidence to release your art, go for it. If you have got the confidence and you are already an established artist. Help a brother out, bro. <laughs> no, yeah. Dust, Dustin is yeah. definitely a man of discerning tastes. He also happens to be Dragon Squad. Cheers, brother. Mm-hmm. And an ex-serviceman um, with a, a daughter who who has a predilection towards art and languages. Fascinating. Oh, cool. So, like, basically Lady J. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Fantastic. No, yeah, but... The the broken record part is, yeah, it's uh, support people around you. That's mm. all. I think that's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about the uh, the thievery, the Grand Theft Auto. Ah, uh, maybe you know, as a friend of mine who is quite spiritual has said, and when I say spiritual, just so that our listeners understand where they're coming from. Um, sometimes these things have to move out of the way for the better things to come in. That was their sentiment, which I appreciate. I thought that was quite sweet of them to say. I mean, it's always nice to hear things like that. Um, if it's true, bonus. <laughs> and also, uh, I think in the early December, I don't know the exact number, but we'll probably do, and I don't know exactly how it'll find you, but we'll probably do uh, the 12 days of indie creators on Joburg. Uh, at least on the Twitter. So if you're doing something creative for Christmas, something like that, bump your signal. I'll get it out. We'll chat it up and uh, get some eyeballs on you. There is a certain number, um, November 13, that I haven't released yet, but I have worked on the artwork. 
Um, I will release it hopefully hopefully by the time this podcast goes out. I know that I've been in a bit of a backlog, but I've been I've just literally just been drawing like crazy to get just a whole bunch out brother. and then sort of figure out how I'm going to launch all of these things because I'm scared of launching more than one artwork a day because I don't want to like saturate people with like my stuff. I don't want to be like, hey, look at me, look at me, I'm making art. You know, like I like to at least, I, I, I always feel it's a bit more tasteful to just have like one art post in a day, you know, um, not like 50, especially, especially with an event like Jovember, you know, you don't want to like, you don't want to take the spotlight off the one artwork that you've done. So I'm just sort of trying to get everything together, you know, and then, you know, with life's ups and downs. And then also I had to say goodbye to Marika at the airport after she had gotten a tattoo done. Um, and I had to sit with her while she got her tattoo done in in a very, very cool tattoo studio in Santon. Um, I, I had to dedicate a good seven hours of my life there, of which I did spend a lot of it drawing. Um, <laughs> I got a very cool alpine on its way, as all I'm saying. So that's kind of been eating into my work time. So I've had to play catch up with, well, when I say work, the, the little bits of work that I've been getting. And um, yeah, because that's had to take priority, unfortunately. So yeah, my art will be hopefully popping out. That's the long and short of it, I hope. <laughs> and they came through. Also, Steve, do you have access to Netflix in Hong Kong? I mean, in China? No. Oh, that's a fuck up. Yeah, oh. I am a bit uh, short of entertainment <laughs> at the moment. It's a lot like I can make my own because I can't upload. No wonder there's shit. piracy. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I don't know. No, I just I also like the Mandalorian's been out, and I was hoping that you know, in the very least, you would have it, at least been able to watch like the Disney thing because we can't get it here in South Africa. So I was just hoping maybe you would would have been lucky with that. <laughs> and then it was. The toys that made us the the new season is out as well. Mm. So, mm. of which I can only say I'm interested to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, but maybe if I'm bored enough, I'll watch the rest. The Power Rangers bored. one is well worth watching, <laughs> and I really sorry to our fans that are, that are bronies, but I really don't give two hoots and a high five to My Little Pony. I think it's fascinating. Yay and I mean, I, I had it on in the background. I didn't really pay that much attention until the, the one guy who was actually the model for Doc, um, he was in there. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I was like, in all honesty, though, maybe when he was younger, because Doc has got a lot of swagger. <laughs> so maybe that guy's got a lot of swagger in real life. I don't know. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I was just hoping, like, you had seen The Mandalorian, and I was I was hoping that I'd be able to hear your, your thoughts on it. Why, have you seen it? No, I can't find it anywhere on the internet. <laughs> Disney has nailed that lid shut. Yeah, no, they have big time. Yeah, and like, and then there's also all these new Transformers toys that are coming, like Transformers Earthrise, and that Optimus is very sexy. And oh wow, Another there's lots of cool Optimus. stuff. Another Optimus, but you know, they keep making him well. If they make him good, you know, it's. That's the problem. Like, where do you draw the line? I feel really sorry for Transformers fans, actually, sometimes. Because, like, where do you draw the line? I mean, it's like, with us, where do we draw the line with Snake Eyes? You know? <laughs> so, like, it's a tricky thing. Very tricky. Mm. Gentlemen, mm. straw poll. I wrote a short story about you, Joe. 
it missed the cutoff of Kindle Worlds. What should its fate be? You wrote a short story about G.I. Joe. What should its fate be? Ooh, I know what we could do. We could... Oh, no, no. We're not doing Patreon or anything. We have to wait for, for YouTube to actually force us to do something like that. Uh, oh, you know, maybe we should read it. You know, like 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 an audiobook. Maybe we should, like... Yeah, like, seriously, like, do it as an audiobook, and then maybe we can, like, put it on Amazon or something. Or, or Gumroad. It's using G.I. Joe IP, Hasbro IP. They've rescinded their license, then. I, I say we just put it on old YouTube, free to listen to. Yeah, why not? I think that's a great idea. We should totally do that. Should because, it I mean, have like, accompanying slides and photography? Uh, well, why don't... <clears throat> wow. me, I don't know. Do you, How uh, do you like to read your Send text? the story around. Like we can kind of find a way around yeah. it. Team, uh, 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 Steven, is it that cool meta story that you did? That, um, <laughs> yeah, it's come a long way since uh, the first chapter or two that I think I shared with you. Wow. Okay. Well, that's amazing because that was already quite hearty, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Hmm. What put it in my mind was this podcast that I've now been following and devouring voraciously mm -hmm. called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> of course, a short story about G.I. Joe is not pornographic, at least on the surface it isn't. I mean, read into it what you will. But I wouldn't mind putting it out into the world. I don't think it's ever likely to be a product that I can sell. Um... Uh, Simply because, I mean, the the window for it has closed. Yeah. You know, I, one can't publish this. And Kindle Worlds was our opportunity to play with these characters. I'm mm. not interested in renaming everyone and putting it out that way. You know, it's a very yeah. niche thing anyway. And I think, I think it's something that maybe the listeners of this podcast would get a kick out of. Something that I could release week to week. Um, you know, yeah, I think that would be cool. A chapter every week. And, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Should, should it just be, should it just be audiobook style or should we make it discursive? Well, if you want to release it the way that you want to release it, like sort of in parts, uh, as, as you want to, then I can maybe do some like cool artwork slides to go with it, like some, like quick little scampy loose sketches to, to not over illustrate what's happening, but to just sort of give people enough visual information. And so that there is a, a visual in the background, you know, it's to save people screensavers, you know, so they don't just have like a, a blank screen, you know, destroying the LED monitors. Um, I think. <laughs> oh, Paul. Yeah. Much as I'd love to take you up in your offer, man, but um, how many images do you think you could pump out per chapter? Um, I think three. I think three would be the safest bet. So you would have to let me know what you think are the keyframes for that, you know, like earmark them for me. Hmm. Um, and then I will take them and then uh, build like a visual, uh, a visual out of the narrative, like a quick one. Like I'd make them loose sketches. They wouldn't be like super in, in advanced or rendered or anything. They would just be enough. Um, I think I could do three. I mean, I could easily. Like, I can easily devote two hours a week to doing that, which means that you could get three really good loose drawings out of it. I mean, uh, to put things in perspective, my Joe Vember artworks have been three hours a piece, more or less. 
depending airtight was like a whole hour i don't know how i managed to do that but like that was an hour <laughs> but uh yeah so if i have a feel for the style that i want to use and stuff it'll go quite quickly i think i i'm very Probably. keen if you are and i always like um i always like direction and being told what to do when it comes to stuff like that so if you go make art for this part of the book mm -hmm. then i'll go okay <laughs> you know okay and well here's yeah. your first image yeah a, Good thing I got my pen. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. An eight-year-old boy sitting cross-legged in front of a TV, test yeah. pattern, test pattern glowing. Oh, playing the toys. Yeah. And in his hands, he has a Cobra rank and file trooper. Yeah. And in his other hand, the most dangerous man in the world, the Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander, and then a GI Joe. Which do maybe a glass of chocolate milk. Glass of chocolate milk. Okay, got you. And the good old test pattern before. We are South Africa. Oh, cool, that thing. Okay, do you remember that old jingle? Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. That's, that's going back. I used to wake up to that shit every morning before school, man. <laughs> every morning. Excellent. And then there was Nistak. And Ooh, a flip. What's Nistak yeah. knee and the aunt knee? No, it is in the mornings. Because yeah. I'd also like hear, what's his name? Uh, like, I can't even remember his name right now, but it'd be like, you'd be that owl and be like, <laughs> when he'd smoke. <laughs> okay, <laughs> listeners have lost us. Uh, we're talking about old puppet shows that used to be they on used to put on the news. South African yeah. TV in the late 80s. Fascinating time. Yeah, it's something I really love about our country. Yeah. Any hooch, gentlemen, I think we've cleared our agenda for this this evening or this non-event. Uh, we were going to talk about Transformers. We instead but. talked about everything, but it was fun. But that's like cool because now hopefully Rob can join us on the next one because he loves Transformers as well. So we can chat about that. And I can maybe just mention how much I loved the Joker movie. Or just Joker. Hasn't been oh, too yes. bad. Yeah, the, yeah, Joker. Yeah. I love it. I, I really love that film. It looks like I'm talking about it already. I thought it was nothing short of a masterpiece, and for me to say that about a film is quite rare because there's a lot of movies I love and a lot of movies I think are brilliant, but not very many I think are masterpieces. And if you want to understand the scale by which I, I grade these things on, I thought Jurassic Park was a masterpiece. I think Blade Runner is a masterpiece. I think the original Ghost in the Shell animated movie is a masterpiece. Um, so there you have a bit of a, a barometer for my taste. I think Alien is a masterpiece in filmmaking. Um, so, yeah, so there's a bit of a barometer. So I, I put Joker up in league with those films. Um, and But the one thing that it has, the one thing that it does differently to those movies is that I can't easily rewatch Joker because I feel that... Uh, at least for myself watching the movie, it's not because I think I'm the Joker or anything ridiculous like that. I felt what he was feeling. You know, I felt when he was disappointed and when he was angry, I also got angry with him. Not shame, the poor guy. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I just felt a lot of that embarrassment and anger and awkwardness that he was going through. And maybe I was just really susceptible to the camera angles and the grade of the film. 
but uh, it was an amazing experience, but an, uh, an emotional one. And it definitely resonated with me for the next couple of days after having seen it. Uh, yeah. So it's cool when a film really punches you in the gut. And uh, one of the takeaways I had for it, and if you haven't seen this, I apologize for the spoiler, but I really feel like at the end of the film, uh, you know, it was great that that this is technically not a Batman movie, that this is just Joker. But at the end of it, and you're seeing all of the chaos in Gotham and, and the way that it's all going down, I'm just like, I hope they never, ever make another movie set in this universe. I really, really hope, and I'm still holding thumbs, they never do that. But I was like, Gotham needs a Batman. <laughs> you know, that that was my feeling. It was like, my God, like Batman really is the cure for this problem, you know? in a lot of ways like that was that was kind of my feeling when i woke up when i left it and yeah killer soundtrack as well my god just um if you're listening to it at home ladies and gentlemen the tracks are only like a minute or two minutes long so you end up like yeah and it's just very heavy wow oh beautiful film and none of this would have been possible if steven hadn't wired me some money (laughs) that doesn't need to be on the Uh, the air man no, it was awesome, dude. You sent me some money. I went and watched it. It was really, just really sweet. It was like, because like my bank account is like a complete abortion at the moment. And Steve just wired me a little bit of cash. Damn. And it was cool. And I, you know, and it was a little bit more than I was expecting. So I got a big popcorn and a nice big Coke. And it was naughty because I'm not. <laughs> and really an Uber, man. Coke. And an Uber, yes. I got myself home uh, after that. Um. Which was great because, you know, got myself there and home. And I watched it at uh, my closest cinema, which is actually one of the best cinemas to go to nowadays because they've really wow. up, uh, revamped it and updated Yeah, the sound is so good at Northgate. And the, they use that laser projection and whatever's now. So it's like super, super awesome. It's not Stokinical. It's some other company called Century Cinema or something. And, uh, yeah. So I got myself, yeah, I got myself a nice big box of popcorn, which was great, and I destroyed it. And then I got a nice big Coke, which was like... <laughs> what flavor did you put simple. on the popcorn? I put butter, salt, and yeah. And then at one point, because this Coke was so huge, because I, I haven't been drinking Coke, ladies and gentlemen. I've actually pretty much cut out a lot of the, the bad shit that I used to eat. Um, and I've become a lot more healthy, and I, I've really felt the benefits. So, like, I'm scared of drinking Coke now, you know. I'm, I'm scared that if I drink oh, Coke, it's wow. going to affect my performance in Kung Fu and whatever. So having this big Coke was very, like, sinful for me. But I just, I had this old uh, movie habit of dipping popcorn into Coke. And that was Ugh. great. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know, popcorn. It's not everybody's thing. I love it. Um, fucking weird. But yeah, so that was cool. And I made, I literally, I even brought that Coke home with me and <laughs> lasted until, like, <laughs> the usual oh, joke so applies, dude. Like, once you drain that Coke, you drain yourself into the cup. <laughs> yeah, no? Okay. No, 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 I just, I, unfortunately, you cut out. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, like, I'm sure that was at my expense. Ha ha ha, I love it, me. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear it. But anyway, so, but then you I You don't also hear anything I say. Like, uh, I, I sadly heard none of I that. heard you, brother. So I'll just have to listen. I'll, I'll just have to hear it in the podcast and then laugh and then send you a message and be like, you bastard, or whatever it is. So, but yeah, that, that was awesome. That was, it was such a great film. And it was, it was so nice to, anyway, 
just it's a good experience overall and i got to watch it by myself which was so good i love watching movies by myself i either like watching movies by myself or with the right people are you guys like that i don't know uh, i'm i'm like i know Cooch is I like that watch... no um I can, I can watch movies with like i i can watch like pretty much anything with you steve which is cool and i know that i can pretty much watch anything with rob um I'll say this much, a shitty movie, when watched in mixed company, can be elevated to to an enjoyable experience. If I'm on my own, I'm super critical, but if I'm in company that I enjoy the company of, and they're enjoying themselves and having a good time, it elevates the, the cinematic experience. I kind of check my own criticisms at the door. You know, I'm able to kind of forget myself a little bit and say, well, you know what? I can just sit here enjoying pretty images and enjoying my popcorn and drink. Like, maybe that's all an outing to the cinema has to be. I don't have to be seeing the most breathtaking, groundbreaking, critically acclaimed, you know, fan-service-y, hits-on-all-cylinders kind of film. Mm. I can enjoy Captain Marvel. (laughs) <laughs> because it's about a powerful woman. <laughs> and the, I'm married to a powerful woman and she seems to be having a great time, so this is this is a win win. So oh, it's always a bonus when that happens. You know. And then you know what is also really awesome was Bobby Valla his Kickstarter like totally got it now. I mean like just talking about things that have been happening. You know, he his Kickstarter is now a hundred percent funded. It's it's happening. Which is mm. really, really cool. Um, and shame, he was super sweet because I'd been sort of sharing his stuff quite a lot on my personal um, account on Facebook and on Instagram and, and things here and there. And I think I also did one for him on, on Twitter, uh, you know, just doing my part because obviously I can't buy any of these awesome toys yet. I really want one of those swarm dudes. Um, but, you know, I did my bit and he was like, he reached out and he just said, hey, man, thank you so much for the support and stuff. And, and I was like, no problem, man. That was that was cool, you know. Like, you know, that was that was nice. You know, it just felt like, you know, felt connected to our Joe Bros. <laughs> um, <laughs> At this point, I would really love to give a, 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 I think it's about a three-minute audio drop for our listeners out there of Bobby Valor's thoughts on Rob Liefeld as the artist and <laughs> writer. On the new Snake Eyes book. Enjoy. The article states, IDW president and publisher slash chief creative officer Chris Ryall said of working with Liefeld, quote, the high octane adrenaline fueled action and adventure Rob brings to every comic he creates is a perfect fit for Snake Eyes. And we're all as excited as you are to see him really cut loose on the pages of this very special G.I. Joe series, end quote. So, Bobby, I'll toss this one to you first. My take is cautious optimism. All right. Let me see how I didn't want to get fired up at the very start of the podcast, but it looks like that's going to happen. So Here we go. Here we go. Get ready. Get ready for Snake Eyes to have a 106-inch chest and no feet and, you know, straight wrists because that's what you're going to get out of – the worst, most successful comic book artist on the planet. So, it, you know what it is? It bothers me so much because 
It's like I went to the Joe Kubert Art School. I wanted to draw comics, and I did the grind, and I you know tried to better myself, and I went to all the cons, and I was just doing all this stuff. Because the way I saw it, I was like, shoot, if Rob Liefeld could get paid work, man, I can get paid work. But <laughs> it was God, really I, hard I for me to get paid work. Good. And I look at it now, and I'm just like, wait a second. How does this guy still get paid comic work? He is literally terrible. Like, <laughs> hasn't even gotten better. Like, you would think, like, okay, he's had years to get better, and he works with some of the most talented comic guys on the on the planet. You would think, like, being friends with, like, Jim Lee, he'd be like, hey, listen, Jim, once a month, can we sit down for a couple hours? Can you like, give me some tips and give me some training? Or, hey, you know what? Rob Liefeld. Go to the Joe Kubert School. I'm sure you can, like, get taught a little bit there. Nope. Just did awful, awful comics. Hey, man. And he got paid for it. And There's I'm like, gap commercials to make. Can't be going to art school when you got to make a gap commercial. I guess. And then it's like he gets a four-leaf clover by creating Deadpool, and then they make, you know, a billion-dollar movie off of it. So it's like how has this guy been celebrated for being terrible. I mean, I'm sure people can say the same thing about me, that Bobby Val is terrible and he makes terrible toys. But we're talking about Rob Liefeld here, and I'm just like, I just don't get it. Chris Ryle, I, I had respect for him. Buddy, you hired Rob Liefeld to draw a Snake Eyes comic. I, I put a blurb on Facebook and Instagram that I needed artists because I was doing this webcomic. I got messages from so many talented people, yet you're giving work to Rob Liefeld. Now I get it. I get you're Amen. trying to sell mm-hmm. his name, but is his name really worth the terrible product that you're <laughs> going to get? That's my two cents on Rob Liefeld's Snake Eyes comic. He goes on a little bit wow. more, but um, I mean, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's 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 he definitely has drawn his line in the sand. It's like fuck this art. No, go him. I mean, totally. I mean, like he mentioned the Joe Kubert School of Art. Like mm-hmm. they had a, had a correspondence course, um, and they they released it. I think it was in like the very early 2000s. And I had to use my mom's work email, and I sent them an email and everything. And then they sent me back how much it's going to cost and how it's going to work. And I just said like one of the biggest issues we have here is our postal service. And they're like, no, you don't have to worry about that. You know, as long as you send the assignments off, they will eventually get marked. Maybe it'll just take longer for you. And I remember it being like $2,000. Um, and at the time, I don't know why. That just seemed very expensive at the time. Um, it wasn't. Have, it was for rent. You don't have a sense of, like, the value of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like $2,000 back then was 20,000 Rand, which was, that was a exactly car. right. No, exactly. So, and I mean, it was very difficult to like convince my mom. I mean, don't get me wrong. My mom is like very big on my art. She would like do anything to help me like sort of move forward and grow with my art. But because this is the internet and my parents aren't from the internet age, it was very difficult for her to sort of reconcile this idea of me doing a correspondence course with a company in America and blah, blah, blah. So it never happened. But like, I got to say, like, yeah, if Rob Liefeld went to the Joe Kubert School of Art, uh, he would have definitely learned a few things, uh, for sure. And um, I don't want to be, like, a complete asshole and, like, piss all over his work, because there is a certain dynamism that his work has, but I've got a few Deadpool cable um, graphic novels, and a few of them have, like, Rob Liefeld covers in them, 
And, oh my God, they just, like, Bobby's so right. There's just shit that he's just never, ever tried to improve or fixed up or whatever. And I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the other point that gets raised further on in the episode, I think, was by Mike Irizarry, host of What's Under Your Mind, um, or the other guest whose name escapes my mind, but these gentlemen know this stuff. Uh, the other point was that the art chores, fine. Rob is a known quantity there. I hate him or love him. Hate him or hate him. But the big issue as well is the fact that he's writing this as well. Yeah. It's like, I mean, is he a credible enough writer? Is he being let alone to basically do as he pleases with both art and script of, you know, <laughs> beloved G.I. Joe character? Who he, you know, by his own admission, has poached mercilessly for his own work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. At every opportunity. What is Deadpool other than the original Deadpool was very much a facsimile of like Snake Eyes. I mean, in like the worst way in some in some people's minds. So <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I think I would say this about what we uh, heard about Liefeld and uh, Bala. That uh, uh, there is, is, I mean, they did market comics on the culture of personality, and I guess Liefeld was visible. He ran in the right circles. I'm not going to say too many harsh things. I I think that everybody, I mean, there's a reason why people are moving on to indie creators. It's, uh, if you don't listen to your audience, then I don't know. I don't know. Having said all this, uh, I would, if Liefeld, if this finds your ears, uh, you're always welcome on GI Joeberg, uh, you know. Yeah. It's not be- not because you raise our profile, but because you're an interesting cat. And I know on Twitter you're uh you think that the third party is the only uh, way forward. I kind of agree. So uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's an interesting there, cat. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, but come on here, chat up your snake eyes tick. I'll listen. I I got a uh, the one parallel I have to draw though, <laughs> pun intended, is um. If you look at the original Ninja Turtle comic book that was done by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the art, I know a lot of people might not think that the art is that great. It isn't, but there is a lot of really good stuff happening in the original Turtles comic. There's a reason it stood out, aside from just being Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or just being Ninja Turtles. Um, But both of those artists have actually grown. They've matured into, like like honing their craft to like utter perfection and, and to the to the degree that if you see their artwork now it doesn't even look like their early work at all like they've completely evolved and grown so yeah like i know i know some people have like tried to back up life out by saying oh that's his style and like you know i've heard a lot of artists go but that's my style but is your style like drawing badly like is your style like being sort of ignorant on certain things. I mean, God, I know, like, for me, I am, like, with Jovemba, for example, I'm drawing these things. I know that not every one of them is perfect. There's some of them I've actually done, like, four or five iterations of before I've even allowed the public to see them. And even still, I, I'm like, oh, crap, you know. But people are enjoying them right now, and they can see past my sins, and that's really cool. But I know that, like, next year when I do Jovemba, I hope to all goodness that my my art would have improved already uh, from them, you know? 
And so I think what Bobby Valla has to say is really credible. And yeah, I I don't know Rob Liefeld as a writer. Sorry, I've never read anything that he has written, to be honest, or I don't remember anything that he's written. So that's how great his writing is right now in my eyes. Who had script duties <laughs> on those early X-Force, Cable, Deadpool, those books? That is a, that is a good question. Um, I know uh, there's a lot of skullduggery that happened in Marvel around those times where uh, the published author wasn't always the actual author that they actually got like another writer to come in and fix stuff up. I know, um, uh, I don't want to go and like, throw names around, but there was a writer in Marvel who actually left Marvel because he was like really annoyed that he wasn't getting credited on stuff that he was fixing for so-called superstar writers. So I know that that shit went down as well. So maybe Rob Liefeld does have a lot of X-Force stuff to his credit, and maybe he did actually write that stuff, and that's awesome. That's not what I'm debating, but yeah, I just... I'm surprised. Like, what did he do for Image? Um, because Wilch, uh, I keep pronouncing this guy's name incorrectly, but I think Jimmy Palmiotti did Savage Dragon, or Wilch Potaccio uh, did Savage Dragon. Wildcats. And there were a few of, like, Wildcats, but that was Jim Lee. Jim Lee actually mm. wrote Wildcats. Because Jim Lee can actually write. Um, but he knows Shit, that son. All I know fun. is, uh, know. do your homework and come at me with a fresh mind, because it's like 20 to 3 in the morning, and Steve-O needs to mm-hmm. get to bed. Oh, or hell, yeah, I need yeah, to pack my well. bag, actually. Shite. Shite. Well, at least you hey, go to your birthday now. <laughs> uh, good vibes. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll definitely... I'll chat you up. Uh, yeah, Paul, Woo. we got you, brother. This is just Thank the middle you. part of the story. I hope so. All right, guys. So. I'll chat with you soon. Let me know when we're chatting it up again. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Catch you boys when I'm Ooh. a year older. <laughs> yeah. Peace.